Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast. I'm Matt. I'm the host. With me this week are two fantabulous. See, they're fantabulous this time, and both of them are um, fantabulous uh, people. With me, first off, is my co-host, and and you know the 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 the, San, you, the, Sa- the Sancho Panza to your uh, Don Quixote. Nah, because I'm not that good. I was going to say like the uh, the Linus to my Charlie Brown, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll I mean, out. yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm good with that. But Joe Perez, say hi, Joe. Hello! Uh, also with us this week, as because people have been asking us to do this for a while, and we've wanted to do it for a while, but I remembered this week, which is very <laughs> unlike me. Um, we've got um, Phil Xavier with us. Uh, he's going to talk about Hearthstone with y'all. So say hi, Phil. Hey, everyone. Uh, okay, you could say more than that, but that's cool. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, Good like you. I said, we're going to just straight up we're going to have Phil just go off about Hearthstone for a while while Joe and I sit here and go, thank God we don't have to because we don't know enough to do it. Um, Hearthstone's one of those games that I keep wanting to start playing again, but quite frankly, I'm a little daunted by you know how many expansions there's been and how much stuff there is to do. So, yeah. Um, at this point, Phil, I'm st- seriously just handing it off to you. Talk about Hearthstone, man. Uh, Burning Crusade Classic is out today. Yeah. So... If you're not currently being chased by a Fell Reaver through uh, Hellfire Peninsula, you soon will be. Uh, even if you're not going to play World, you know, Burning Crusade Classic, it's still going to happen. In your dreams tonight while you're sleeping, you will hear the sound and there will be the Fell Reaver. Because that's just what's going to happen today. Sounds, yeah, see that? sounds like a Reaper. Yeah, I can never remember if, if, if it's like that or if it's more of a... Kind of reminds me of a kaiju, to be completely honest. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I think you're right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Okay, with can, can you hear me? <laughs> yes, yeah. we can hear you. <laughs> All right. I'm so sorry about that. You know, uh, TBC Classic came out today, and to quote Illidan, I am not prepared. So sorry <laughs> about that. 
<laughs> it's synology. It happens, man. So yeah, tell us about Hearthstone. <laughs> Go for it. Please. All right. So um, Hearthstone has uh, this thing that they call the Year of the Griffin. Uh, it has, like, uh, it's been a while that they've, they've been releasing uh, three expansions a year. But uh, since last year, they have now have uh, mini sets, which are like they release an expansion and then a, a few a few months later they release this mini set with like uh, a continuation of that expansion and since the the current expansion is forged in the barrens they they're releasing a mini set called the wailing caverns which is about that that dungeon from wow and uh, it's coming out this thursday and uh, it has a great trailer you guys should watch the trailer because uh, hamur and toden is on it and i don't think he's ever been in a wow trailer ever Nope. So that's that's cool, and uh, yeah, uh, it's gonna it's gonna add just a few cards. Like the, there are only thirty five new cards, but which which is not a lot. But when you when you buy the mini set, you get all of those cards in your collection. You don't need to buy packs or anything. You you get all of them, and uh, you can you can get it for fifteen bucks or two thousand gold, which is great that you can buy it with in game currency. Um, and uh, it's like it, it's a great opportunity for the team to to try to fix the meta a bit because Paladin is really strong right now and it's really dominating Hearthstone. And uh, they they did some nerfs and some buffs actually uh, a while ago, uh, but it didn't really fix things the way it should have. Like Paladin is still really strong, and there are a few classes like Shaman that are pretty weak right now. So uh, they haven't revealed all the cards yet. We got a few today, and we had already gotten a few others a few days ago. But uh, we expect that they're going to do some pretty crazy stuff. Like uh, something that I'm pretty excited about is that uh, Hearthstone didn't used to have a lot of cards that mess with your opponent's hand or your opponent's deck uh, directly. They were pretty against that. They didn't like that you could play a card that uh, like changes a card that is in your opponent's hand or that destroys something that is that is in your opponent's deck, and that used to be their philosophy for a long time. But they're changing that now. They have recently added a few cards for Warlock that destroy cards directly in your opponent's deck, and they're now adding a few a few cards that transform a minion that is in your opponent's hand, like. They're adding the giant Murloc, Mutanus, Mutanus the Devourer. Uh, and when you play him, he actually eats a minion that is in your opponent's hand and gain their, their stats. So it's, it's fun because, uh, a, a very, a very common thing in card games is to have these crazy combos that when you, when you get your full combo, you, 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 you kind of win the game in a single turn. And that's not fun for your opponent, right? And uh, when you add disruption like that, like cards that can eat other cards that, that are in your opponent's hand, you can kind of counter that. You can mess with that. You can make your opponent... Uh, like, combos get... Uh, is, uh, combos are not as safe to play anymore because if your combo card gets eaten, you, you kind of lose on the spot. So they added this, this giant Morlock that eats a minion, and they are also adding a, a new card that was revealed today, actually, for Rogues. It's the... The uh, savory deviant light that food from from wow that when you eat it it turns you into a, either a pirate or a ninja. They added that as a card for rogue, 
uh, when you use it, it transforms a minion in your hand and a minion in your opponent's hand into either a pirate or a minion with stealth, which is the, the Hearthstone version of a ninja, I guess. So it's fun because we know that uh, with these cards that, that are kind of disruptive, they they probably are trying to move away from combo decks in general. And I think a lot of players are going to be sad about that because they enjoy playing combos, but it's good that um, we have this uh, counterplay against combos now. You, you can't... Sometimes uh, it, it's, there's, a, there's a joke that, this, uh, that says that combo decks are kind of like playing solitaire. Uh, you just draw your cards until you have your full combo, and then you play it, and your opponent can do nothing about it. You just win the game. You ever seen so, actually? Do you ever see the guy? Uh, he Pro ZD does various videos on YouTube. Not sure. He does one um, where he's talking about playing a card game with somebody when they've got you down to like one hit point, and they're like instead of finishing you off, they run this, this gigantic card combo that's literally uh, like takes like twenty minutes for him to run through all the stuff he's doing to you. It's like, you could have just hit me with one thing and I'd be done. But no, I have to sit here and watch you as you execute your grand strategy. It's like, I've got one hit point. Like, that's the one thing yeah, I remember that, from early early Hearthstone was I was always sitting there going, okay, I guess, you know, <laughs> while you do that, I'm going to go get a sandwich. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Thankfully, that there, there's the fun. concede button. You can concede and <laughs> get out. Yeah, but before you, could, you couldn't always, could you? I don't remember that. Yeah, but, yeah, you could. But... You could, but it was it was the idea of like you being put in a position where people were just like trying to force you to concede wasn't fun. Oh, you mean the, the opposite? Like you're gonna lose the game, so you play a ton of stuff to make your opponent concede. Like that's what you mean? No, I mean like at the beginning when Hearthstone, and this was a problem. I don't think it is anymore. And I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to go off on a random tangent, but like. When you were losing, there was this wave of people. There was like this online thing where it was like it wasn't enough just to win the game. You had to make the other person. Oh, yeah, win. yeah, yeah. BM, bad manners. Yes. So they would basically, yeah, they would. So they would basically run these ridiculously long combos and it would be like, okay, you could have just beat me, but you're not gonna. You're gonna make it so I have to quit to get out of this. So it's like yeah, exactly. the view, which is annoying. I, I honestly couldn't remember if you could concede or not in the beginning. I know that I know that you know by the time I was done playing, you could concede, but I couldn't remember. No, yeah, you you can you you could always concede, but yeah, that BM is a thing. Some like some streamers they like to do it to be entertaining. Like they 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 just like to play cards just to make fun of their opponents or something. Yeah, it's it's pretty common. But uh, yeah. Uh, back to the to the expansion. I think that's pretty much it. They 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 they're it's coming out this Thursday and it's thirty five new cards and they apparently they're changing the philosophy of the game a little bit by allowing you to disrupt your opponent. And that's pretty much it. So how much right. of a fundamental change on that is there? Like with that that I, I'm trying to like gauge it right. So you saying that it's a uh, a change in like ideology or design, like is that yeah. like a one eighty or like how uh, how far off of current is it? I guess. Like uh, they used to say in the back when uh, Ben Broad was the game director for Hearthstone, he he was uh, he used to, to like to say that they they didn't 
they didn't find that cards that mess with your opponent directly are, were too much fun. They didn't enjoy that. They didn't like cards that would make your opponent discard cards or change things in your opponent's hand or change things in your opponent's deck or destroy your opponent's deck. They, it's just something that they used to say like a long time ago, like two, three years ago, I don't know. And uh, But with the last expansion, they actually started writing cards that don't do that, that do disrupt your opponents. And uh, they added this, this Warlock minion called Ticketus that when you play it, it destroys five cards in your opponent's deck. And it's infuriating to play against. I kind of hate it, but it's not super strong, but it's, uh, that, that, that's a problem when there's some stuff that's just kind of not fun to happen to you when it happens. Like, maybe you're, you're not going to lose the game from that, but it's just like you, you have this feeling that you're losing control. You're, you are in a good position and you're going to draw your final cards to seal the game. And then those cards got destroyed by your opponent and you couldn't do anything about it. So they've added that to the game on the, the last few expansions. Uh, and now they're adding even more disruptive stuff, stuff that, that disrupts your opponent's hand directly. Like maybe I have my powerful minion in my hand. I'm about to play it. I'm about to win the game. And then the, the opponent plays a card that uh, destroys that minion or changes that minion into something else. So that's like, it's not a, a huge change, but it's definitely, uh, it makes combo decks riskier to play. Let's put it that way. You can't guarantee that it, once you draw all your combo cards, all your uh, your special combo that you're going to play and then win the game, uh, once they're in your hand, they're, uh, there's no guarantee that they're safe in your hand, right? The opponent could play something and disrupt that. That's the change. It's like, I'm not sure how much it's going to affect the game yet because uh, we're not seeing a lot of combo decks in the game right now. There is one uh, that Demon Hunter uses which, with uh, Yuginoth that can kill you in one turn. You might be at full health, at 30 health, and he plays Yuginoth and he plays a few other demons, and that changes all of his lifesteal effects into direct damage to their opponent, and then they kill you in a single turn. Now, with with this new card, with Mutanus, maybe they have Yuginoth in their hand, and you play Mutanus, and you eat Yuginoth, and bye-bye, they lose the game immediately. So it's not a, a very safe strategy anymore. It's it's it feels to me like I don't know like they they haven't said anything about it directly, but I feel like they're trying to move away from from combos in general. They want the game to not rely on those combos that you can just draw all the cards and play the combo and win. They want it to have a little bit of counterplay. Let's. I, I think that's the change. Yeah, I think that is a, definitely a change because like that was one of the things that I thought was. Um... A, a fascinating difference between Hearthstone and, like, let's say Magic the Gathering, which is probably the most easy comparison, right? In Magic the Gathering, you have a 60-card deck where you can have counters and you have the stack to worry about. In Hearthstone, it's not not quite like that, especially because decks are so much smaller. So yeah. if something removes that many cards from a person's deck, is how game-breaking is that now? And this is an honest question as somebody who doesn't play uh, mm -hmm. a whole lot now. If you only have a 30-card yeah. deck and five of your cards are just gone, like, how bad does that mess you up? Yeah, that, that depends on the type of deck you're playing. Like, uh, it's it's especially good against control decks because when you're playing a, a control deck, a heavy deck, a deck full of expensive cards... You're going to try to make it to the end of the game and you're going to try to play a lot of turns and survive for a long time. 
and then the game is, is going to get to what they call get to fatigue. Like when when you run out of cards, every time, uh, every turn, uh, instead of buying a card, you take some damage. Like the first time you try to 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 buy a card, but your deck is gone, you take one damage, and then on the next turn you take two, and then on the other one you take three, and so on. So like if you're if you're playing a control deck against another control deck, you you guys are probably going to a very long game. You're gonna you're gonna go over a lot of turns. So if you destroy five cards from your opponent in that situation, you're, uh, he's going to run out of cards much sooner than you. So he's going to start taking that fatigue damage much sooner than you. So your chances of winning increase a lot. But if you're playing against a fast deck, against an aggro deck, for example, it doesn't matter very much because the game's probably not, not going to go that long anyway. Either the, the aggro player is going to kill you quick or you're going to make it possible for them to kill you. You're going to destroy all their stuff and heal yourself and they just give up. So it, it really depends. When the when the meta is slow, full of control decks, full of slower, heavier decks, it's much more important. But that's not really the case right now. The, 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 uh, the meta is not very slow like that. So maybe that's why they're adding this stuff now, because it, it could be a, an experiment of some sort. Do you think it's a, maybe an attempt to... Because it seems like they've been trying to do a lot of things recently where... Uh, I, I want to say they're kind of lowering the barrier to entry, whether it's like good starter packs or um, oh, yeah. the the thing with core sets, which is not a unique idea. We've seen that in other other uh, TCGs. Um, but do you think that this might be an attempt to try to find a happy medium to help lower the barrier for some players to like come into the game because yeah. they don't have to worry about those like massive aggro decks? There's things that can they can use to disrupt that might be easier to get now. Yeah, it could be like uh, it's. It sounds like on on Blizzcon Online they they talked a little about uh, how they change. They 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 are trying to change how control decks play in Hearthstone because Hearthstone is a game where when you're trying to like play a lot of games to to climb the ladder, it's better for you to play aggro decks because they're faster. The games are shorter, so it goes by much quicker. So not a lot of players uh, enjoy playing control decks for that reason. Uh, so uh, and besides that, most control decks win by attrition or by fatigue. Like they they try to just survive and outlast their opponent. They try to keep healing themselves and putting putting up big taunts. And the games can get really really long, and uh, a match can easily go like 30, 40 minutes. So I think that they are trying to make the games the game maybe a little faster. Uh, it's it's possible. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think what other things uh, that I, that I want to like. I want to know about like what's coming up. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, you you had a, a good point. You said about uh, how they're trying to make the game more more friendly to new players, and it's definitely true. This year they they made the car set. Which means that now, uh, because a common complaint is that uh, as you spend a lot of time not playing the game, it, it gets pretty hard to come back to it because uh, so many new cards have been added and the game has changed so much. With the core set, now once you have it, you have it forever and every year it's going to change and those cards that you already have, they are going to be changed as well. So. Uh, you only need to get those cards once, and you get those cards simply by playing the game and leveling up all the classes. So once you once you hit a certain level with every class, you have every card in the core set, and that's forever. Like 
whenever they, they change the car sets on the next year, those cards are going to change for you as well. You already, have, you already have them. So it definitely gets much easier for you to update your, uh, your collection. And you only need to worry about buying packs for the, the, latest, the latest expansions. Uh, and another change they made was also the, the rewards track. And uh, as you play the game, you, you get experience and you level up with that experience and you get a lot of rewards like gold and packs and cards. So uh, it, it kind of feels like a, a reset, a soft reset every expansion. The, the track goes back to level one and you start over and as you play the game, you level up, you, you can see your progress very clearly on the, in the track. So you know that you're with uh, each game you're playing, you're gain, gaining XP and you're gaining levels and you're earning stuff, you're earning gold that you can use to buy packs. And uh, it, it makes it much easier for you to, to come back at some point. You, you can tell, uh, like, when, whenever a new expansion comes out, uh, it kind of resets everything for everyone. Of course, uh, a lot of players are going to have a much bigger collection that they already had, but uh, they still have to collect stuff and you have to collect stuff as well, the new stuff that just came out. So you're kind of on, I'm not going to say equal footing, but on a much, uh, a much more uh, equal position. And it sounds like the the XP track thing, and this is not a negative comparison, and I want to make that clear for the listeners at home. Um, it almost sounds like they're adopting a pseudo, uh, I'll call it what what it was, but like battle pass sort of uh, yeah the thing where because like that that's something that you know Fortnite did, um, but like Rocket League has adopted, uh, even League of Legends has adopted. A lot of games have adopted it where like you buy a season pass. And you kind of get all these rewards based off of how much you play and put into it and level up. It almost feels like they're doing that sort of like in a uh, a soft way, like because when you do the the experience track, it doesn't cost you anything, right? Like when it resets back to zero, you just get back into it, and then as you play, you just unlock things, right? Is that is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. All right. So uh, I mean, it, you... again, not a bad thing. Yeah, it's it's pretty similar. Like uh, a lot of a lot of other games are doing that, and uh, Legends of Runeterra, which is like the yep. I'm not gonna say it's the biggest competition to Hearthstone because it's not even close to the popularity of Hearthstone, but it's pretty similar and uh, it's it's popular enough, and it does that as well. And I I kind of think that Hearthstone sees that in in those other games, and it kind of uh, uses the same ideas. And it's kind of like what everyone does these days. Okay. At this point, I feel like we're going to move on to the questions because the first question is for Phil. So, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I get to not talk even more. This is great. I'm not doing anything this podcast. I'm having a ball. Uh, if you have a question for the podcast, there's two ways you can get it to us. You can go to our Discord. Uh, we have a Patreon Q and Podcast Questions channel and a Q Questions channel, both of which we look in. We look in the Patreon one first because you guys pay the bills, and we, we like to you know give you that for your support of the site. Um, if you don't want to use Discord, however, we also have the email address, podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Uh, you can send e your emails to that, and we take them. We've, we've got some of those as well this week. And uh, last week, Joe got a question from our lovely people in our, our stream. Um, this one's from Pidia, and it's for Red. Uh, Joe, if you don't mind reading it to him. 
Not at all. Also, shout out to Padilla, who, you know, was there when my guild killed uh, Sire Denathrius. So, thank you for watching us flail for several hundred wipes. I appreciate you. Uh, this is from Padilla. So, I have a bonus question courtesy of Red in case you have extra time. Well, we're using it at the top of the order here. With the release of Hearthstone Book of Heroes, Thrall, what is your feelings about Teretha? Uh, it seems like people feel her character was done dirty by just being killed to progress Thrall's story. From interviews I read with Christy Golden, she says she specifically asked Chris Metzen, eh, Chris Metzen to create Teretha to help teach Thrall not all humans are bad. Yeah, that one's for Matt, right? <laughs> oh. oh, it's for you, man. <laughs> Your like, name, I, I you get name tracked. I've never read the the book where where Theresa shows up. <laughs> I think you did. Oh yeah, but you know you played the Hearthstone thing. What do you think about it in Hearthstone? Oh, uh, in, in Hearthstone, it's just like uh, the first mission in 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 Thrall's Book of Heroes uh, has is him against uh, it's it's Blackmore, right? Yep. The, the guy. Who, yeah. So so he's fighting. Uh, under Blackmore against, I can't even remember who he's fighting against, but like Blackmore is taunting him and teasing him, and Tarita shows up and is like, I'm gonna help you, Troll, and something like that. She just shows up there, and then on the very next mission, on the second mission, uh, you already have a card in your deck that is like Tarita's memory, and it's just a, a picture of her ghost, and you use it and it just uh, buffs all your minions. So it's like, yeah, they, she just showed up for the first mission. And then on the second mission, she was already dead. And uh, <laughs> that's kind of like, it, it made me it made me think of, like, uh, that whole women in refrigerators trope thing where yep. a, a female character only shows up to boost the main character, the protagonist or whatever. And I think that's what Pedia was talking about. Yeah, that's, that's what I was, you know, that's what we were looking for. Um, in terms of her appearance in the novel, I mean, she does die in the novel. But she's got a lot more of a role in the book. It's Lord of the Clans. Um, and it, again, Christy Golden wrote it. So it's kind of hard to... I have a hard time t viewing Christy Golden as ever having put a, a woman in a refrigerator. That's just not her writing style. Even when the character dies, they tend to get a lot to do beforehand. Mm -hmm. So, And definitely, I think Tarith is a pretty important character in the book. So I agree with you that that sounds weird. I, I don't know why you would have her there if you just have her pop up in the first fight and then she's dead by the second fight. You don't even, she doesn't even get to do anything. That's, that's weird to me, but okay. But yeah, that, that was a question for red. We, we made him answer it. Ah, and now, unfortunately I'm going to end up having to talk a lot for the next one. Wow. Way to be so dour about it. I just, I was really enjoying the show where I don't do anything. It was great. I was like, I yeah. sat there for a solid 15 minutes. I got to go to the bathroom. You know, I, I usually have to hold it for the entire show. <laughs> like, you know, for like an hour and well, a half, I got to hold it. I, you don't understand. They have me on medication. That means I have to go to the bathroom fairly regularly. So to to, to, to have that, that time to just go and come back and nobody even noticed. No one cared. It's like the D&D game I played the other day where I fell asleep and nobody knew I was asleep. They just thought I was role playing oh, my character goodness. really well. Yeah, so I was excited. But unfortunately for y'all, you're going to have to hear me talk for a bit now. <laughs>
but yeah, let's move on to the next question, Joe. Certainly, absolutely. This one comes from Ashen Wings. Question for wherever. I find myself an officer of a small, friendly LGBTQIA guild on a normal server. I usually play RP servers. We have a bunch of people interested in lore, and I'm trying to think of lore-based events to host that would be more interesting than me monologuing about lore. I could try a light roleplay meet and greet style event, but I'm looking for more ways to share lore with a lot of these newer players. Helping people flesh out their backstories is fun, but more of a one-on-one activity. Do you have any thoughts? Uh, and then there's a second part to this, which is uh, a quiz event might be intimidating to new players. A QA and a hinges on uh, getting enough questions. A scavenger hunt can be circumvented by the auction house and maybe too challenging for newbies. Uh, whenever we run old raids, I try to give a one-minute lore recap of the zone, but I am not sure how to turn this into an engaging group activity. That is a difficult question. <laughs> Deceptively so. Uh, One of the things that I used to try and do, and this is, take it for what it is, because it didn't always succeed, mind you, but I would let people who didn't know what the lore was, guess. I would pick somebody and go, hey, you know, what do you think this fight's about? And a lot of times they didn't know. Uh, and, and so it ended up kind of just being like some really random stuff. Or people don't always like being put on the spot. So there's that to consider too. Um, yeah, I, 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 there is actually, this is pretty difficult to think of. I mean, because it's one of those things where I don't know your guild I don't know, like, you know, do you have a lot of people who really don't like being in the spotlight? Like, I remember every guild I've ever been in has had, like, like say like, there was a 25-player group. It's had, like, 10 or 15 people who would talk, who would be the ones who would do a lot of talking. Some of them would be officers, others of them were just people who talked. And there would be another 10 or 15 people who didn't talk. And those 10 or 15 people don't necessarily want to be focused on. Like, they, 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 call, they show up, they do their jobs, they may occasionally say something, but they're not really big. They're not, that's just not what they want to do. They don't want to be, like, audible. They'll, they'll, they might even talk more in, in chat than they do vocally. So it's, I don't know. Like the, it, I would try to identify the players you've got that you know, know the lore, and like to talk because that's the first thing you need to figure out you need to what are you going to do that makes people feel comfortable i think the other part of that is finding out what they want to focus on though too right like oh yeah absolutely lore, lore is a really broad thing in this game and there's a lot of story to cover we talk about this a lot there's not 16 years of story there's 30 years of story Right. Like you can go way back and all that stuff still counts. Um, and that's still relevant to what's happening in the game now. So, I mean, I think maybe your first step is, like Matt said, find out who wants to be vocal and, and participate in that stuff. But two, also think about what those people that are interested in lore what specifically they're interested in. Are they interested in a specific type of story? Are they interested in specific races? Are they interested in specific NPCs? And maybe do something where, uh, depending on how many folks it is, because, I, again, I don't have a number here, you rotate through what they want to to go through. So maybe 
maybe it's all about that Sylvanas and they want to go through some of the earlier stuff. So maybe you have a leveling party and maybe you all roll Forsaken and you do the entire new Forsaken uh, entrance uh, or, or leveling experience, the new player experience that was introduced in Cataclysm. Um, maybe you do that and you get to learn a whole bunch of new stuff. Or maybe they want to know about the worgen. So you do a group worgen thing where you do the same thing or, or whatever the case is. I think maybe something like that is, is not a terrible idea to maybe help flesh out some of that stuff, especially with backstory. Um, especially because even after you, you finish the starting experience for those races, those surrounding areas that are there are chock full of really cool stories and NPCs. And, and random quests that a lot of times are really easy to overlook and just ignore. So maybe you organize something like that. Maybe you, you like, if it's, you know, six people, you get together and you have a, you know, Discord party where you're running through and you're talking about the quests and you're talking about what's coming up and you're finding different things together. Like, maybe you make it a lore scavenger hunt in terms of, going through these areas that maybe they've never been through before, or maybe talking about it to try to get them to look at it in a different way. Um, it's, it's, it's again, it's a difficult question to answer because there's just so much. Uh, and then there's the one that there's the stuff that's like hidden in raids that, you know, maybe that's not something you want to go and experience, but maybe you do everything up to that point. Um, and then talk about it. There's how many things, how many quest lines, how many storylines that end with you going to a dungeon. Uh, but maybe you can't do that or maybe you don't want to do that. Figure out people's level of, of involvement, like what they want to do, how far they want to go with it. And I think that's your first step. And then after that, maybe collectively see what everybody is individually interested in and just start doing one off events like that. That's that's about the best thing I can think of off the top of my head. Also, there's a lot of stuff online where people played through the original uh, three Warcrafts, and you can always point people to those. Um, if, if you think that they, they're not necessarily interested in a, in a group activity, but they are interested in the lore, you, you can do that kind of thing. Or you could even, if your guild is into it, and I don't know if they will be or not, but you could actually have a night where you all go to WoW Classic and you do the weird stuff in WoW Classic and get to see how a lot of this stuff got started how world of warcraft started um there's a lot of stuff like it's really hard to to relate to people if they never saw it and it's all gone now like darkshore like the the lore of the original darkshore is really messed up and there's a lot of cool stuff but it's also really weird so that's one thing to think about but i in general i think joe is pretty much on the mark uh red you got anything to add uh no not really <laughs> sounds good See? See, I told you, he's not going to take me. <laughs> not going to do it. Ah. All right. So, yeah, I guess we should move on to the next one. Absolutely. Uh, so our next one comes from our friend Riptides. Uh, question for Blizzard Watch. Do you think we'll ever see Blizzard make rep account bound? Uh, I enjoy playing alts because it gives you a new tool set headcanon to play the same content. But rep grinding is not fun at all and favors those who play their main most of the time. Do you feel it's time to remove this restriction? Hey, you prepare. Uh, yeah. So that's, second, that's, a second that's a, one, yeah. yeah, there's a division there. Um, yes, I really would love to see them get rid of this being character specific at this point. And we've seen that they've done it with some things. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's a it's a gripe of mine. Like, I'll just be straight up with you. I don't think they will ever do it. Though I don't think they ever will. Well, you said yes, and that's yes to his question about do you think they will ever do it? I want them to. Is that? Yeah, I don't. I don't. Not, I neither want them to or don't want them to. I have no feelings about this, and it's weird because it's rare for me to not have a very strong opinion about a WoW thing. But I just, I don't know. I guess I'm just used to it, like because it's always been this way, and I've been playing so long that I just have completely internalized it. It just is how the game is. I have a hard time imagining the game without the this. You know, if you just have the rep, you know, if your main get the rep, so now all of them have it. I mean, they've done that with like the uh, the allied race stuff, where if one of your characters has the the proper reputation and another has the, another proper reputation, you'll get them unlocked. I mean, I think that's how they did it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and and flying is like that too. Like when you have the the pathfinder achievements, you can do a part in one character and another part in another character. Yeah, so maybe they should. I, I just it's one of those things that I, I I have never honestly thought about. Like it's just been this way forever. Like I remember I had friends back in back in vanilla when reputations were kind of important but also not important. Like, you know, Ravenholt was never a particularly important reputation for even rogues. Um I just remember a lot of people going for the, the, the rep not I guess it wasn't vanilla because they didn't really have achievements yet. The achievements came in at the end of BC, right? Yeah, I want to say something like that, yeah. Yeah. I, I, But I remember people still doing the rep grinds just because they liked having their bars full. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Honestly. Uh, Phil, what do you think? I think that they really should do it. Like, I'm, If you ask me, should they do account-wide X, I'm going to say yes, probably. I think that everything should be account-wide. Like, I've been playing uh, Final Fantasy XIV a little bit now, and it's so liberating to have to be able to do everything in the game in a single character. Like, I know that WoW is not going to get to that point. You're not going to have, like, the ability to learn all the classes in a single character or anything like that. But, man, like, uh, the older we get, the less time we have to dedicate to, to these games. And it's so good to when they, they make our lives easier for us. Like, and uh, they, they did it to a lot of stuff. Like, mounts used to be character specific and uh, pets used to be character specific and so much stuff used to be character specific and it's and it's account wide now like i would love to see them the, do the same to rep the biggest hurdle i see with them even considering it for rep is the fact that they still even in this current content puts gear behind rep whether it's gear you can obtain yeah. or whether it's um, you know, upgrades that are available to you until that gets removed. I don't think it'll ever be a thing they consider because I mean, we're, I was just talking about this as I, again, I'm leveling up my Hunter now and getting, you know, her ready to do content like now. So I could take a break from healing for a little bit and like covenant gear is a thing and it's an upgradable thing that, is gated by rep and you get to a certain renown or a certain rep or whatever, and you get access to enchantments or specific weapons or things like that. Um, it's not as widespread as it used to be, but it's still there. And maybe one day they'll get rid of it. And maybe one day they'll, they'll look at it and make rep account wide. It would be nice. Um, but I, again, I agree with Matt and I don't think it'll, it'll happen. I think it's part of it's just the, the quote unquote, that's the way it's always been done. And I think the other part is, 
Well, I mean, how do you how do you take away that gear from those rep grinds or what makes people want to do them then at that point? Honestly, though, I'm going to actually say something here. As the guy who initially said that I don't think it will ever happen, I don't see the problem with letting people get, say, take their warrior and get to exalted with with X covenant or X group or whatever. And then when they get on their paladin, they can buy gear. It does yeah. not bother me. Uh, you know, it doesn't I bother me at all. No, and I don't think it necessarily should be a reason not to do this, uh, because quite frankly, when you're on your alt, you've already done the content. You know what I mean? Like exactly. you've done this already. I making me do it again just to get like a you know a slight upgrade for this alt that I'm going to be taking to like a raid every once in a while. It just it ends up making people not play them. That's the problem with a lot of these systems that that serve to kind of keep you from getting like stuff easier. It's like, it just means that people don't play them. It doesn't mean that people, you know, no one feels like, Oh, well, I'm motivated to do this. Now they feel forced to doing it. And that's one of the, the, the biggest arguments in world of Warcraft all the time now. And it has been for like, I don't know, at this point, decades um, is feeling not that you have the option to do something, but that you are required to do something. And I don't know if there's like a better game design reason why you should feel that way. But I do think in the case of reputation, I really don't have a problem with like, you know, if your character has already gotten like to, to renown 50 or whatever, that your, your next character should have to do it too. Uh, it's just one of those things. It just, it doesn't really, it's not tremendously motivating to me. So yeah, and, maybe and just leave it in. A- like, uh, sorry, Scott, to interrupt you. Uh, to be honest, like, I'm having this right now with Shadowlands in general. Like, I, I only got my main to max level and did the, the campaign, the Covenant campaign on my main. I didn't do it on any other characters because I simply didn't feel motivated to do it all over again. Like, I, I only saw the Venteer stuff and I wanted see, to see the, the Kyrian stuff and the others, but I just couldn't do it. Like, it was kind of boring. I didn't want to do it all over again. I yeah, I feel I like there needs, there needs to be a way to like where players' progress, at least to some degree, presents itself. Where it's okay, you know. I don't know. I, I I honestly don't. I don't know what the solution to this is, but I do think that there's a certain amount of this stuff that people don't want to do twice, or three times, or four times. This is the reason why none of my other alts. Like I've got two alts at sixty, and that's it. Because I mean, I, not, not only do I have to do the exact same leveling through Shadowlands, I can't change it up. I can't. Well, this time I'm going to go to this zone first. I can't do that because Shadowlands has a rigid, and that's fine. That's the story they wanted to tell. But you well, end unless up, you do Threads of Fate. Yeah, if you do Threads of Fate, then you don't do anything. Like you don't. The story is relatively unimportant at that point. Uh, I don't know. I, I I just I feel like in the case of Reputation. It would be just as well to let it, you know, let let people be able to get that gear as soon as they they hit level sixty. It wouldn't bother me. Yeah. Again, I agree. I, I think we're all in agreement on that one, but I think we should move on to our next question. Uh, hey, you prepared podcaster duo, well, trio today. Uh, your conversation about warriors last week made me write about my own thoughts on the matter. Should Blizz do something to the weapon system because it messes with many classes designed indirectly? I believe it was supposed to be indirectly, but we'll go with that. Uh, If you tell new player that Fury can use two big swords instead of one leg arms, 
which do you think you will choose? And most of the classes still have semi-useless weapon skills in their spellbook. Those skills could be pruned and redistributed to offer a more variety of more variety to classes. Transmog wouldn't be a big problem because now you can't even collect weapon mogs you have skills for but can't use, like daggers on warriors. Uh, sincerely, in 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 Shan Shi, a troll warlock from Alonsa's EU. Uh, well, I can collect weapon mogs for daggers on my warrior and mm-hmm. have done so. I, I do so all the time. Uh, if I ever decide to play a rogue, well, you'll all know I'm very sick. But also, um, and seriously, stop me if I do that. Like, the, the, the disease must have completely ravaged my brain. Why would you? Don't let me play. Anyway, if I decide that I was going to do that, really help me. Why wouldn't you help me? But to get back to it, I can get, I have tons of dagger transmogs for my rogue or for any dagger class, really. I've gotten tons of daggers on my warrior farming for transmog. I, I think I've got like, I've got a solid nine, 10 pages of, of daggers. So you absolutely can. You can get weapon mogs that you don't really use as long as you can equip the weapon. It doesn't matter if you use it. You can get bow transmogs on your warrior. And I have. Bows and guns, absolutely farmed a ton of them up on my warrior. My hunter uses tons of stuff that I got on my warrior over the years. Uh, so that's that's actually there for transmog. Um, I, I don't know what you mean, though, by do something to the weapon system. Uh, if you mean let people use whatever weapon they want that they can equip, I'm, do- I'm totally down for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this is one of the reasons that I, I, I jape at rogues. But seriously, I remember like back in the day, Anne used to be going nuts during Battle for Azeroth, trying to get weapon upgrades that were daggers. Okay. Yeah. Because rogues just couldn't get the things to drop. And since there are specific rogue abilities that require a dagger or they won't work, I don't know if they still have that. Because I don't, like I said, I don't play a rogue. They do, that, they do. That was, that's just not cool. Um, you, they should never be a situation where you can't use an ability because you don't have the exact right weapon, because that means you just never get to use anything but that weapon. And that's for me, that's, that's a real problem for me. I don't feel like you should be forced. Like if I don't get a dagger, I can't do my abilities. No, if it, it, it's one of those things where honestly, I, I've always felt like, you know, if your character has got two axes, but you want to use two fist weapons and you can't get a good fist weapon to drop, you should be able to transmog a fist weapon over an axe. I think you can now. There, There's some loosening of the restrictions on that, but I think in particular, I, I, I think what they're getting at, and I think Padilla's right, is uh, they mean that your warrior themselves will never mog into a dagger. So why should you have that dagger skill? But you hit the nail on the head. It's yeah. all about, it's all about that, that cross account thing, right? Like, and here's, and here's my sort of thing on it. If a sword drops, that's cool. And I'm on my shaman and I get it. That doesn't unlock for anybody else. Because can't, you can't equip it. Because I can't equip it. I think that needs to go away. And I think that if you yeah. get an item that you have and you've never had that cosmetic before, it should just be unlocked for your account. End of story. So that you don't have to farm it a thousand times. Actually, uh, you know what, though? I'm going to go further here. Go for it. If a sword drops for your shaman, you should be able to equip it. It's Thrall has proven shamans can use swords. Yeah, it's 2021. Like, seriously, 
we don't need this. It, this is like second edition, you know, this is advanced Dungeons and Dragons level of, well, you can't use that because you're an X. No, mm-hmm. we, even D&D doesn't do that anymore. If, if I'm a wizard and I want to use a sword, I can. In D&D right now, you could just have your wizard use a sword. Yes, it's limited, but you can get there are ways around it. You can get it. This is to, to, we're at the point now where it's just it is incredibly dumb to me that you can be playing a death knight. And your Death Knight, you know, in life, they were a warrior for Lordaeron. Well, warriors can use fist weapons. Why did I forget when I died? Like, oh, oops, can't remember that. Or paladins. We were once, you know, the paladin order is when some warriors were taught, you know, light magic and some priests were taught martial skills, but nobody taught them how to punch people. Like, no, this is dumb. It's dumb. Yeah. It's... And I say this as a as the warrior, the the class that can use the most weapons. So I'm actually inviting and, competition on things, but I don't care. It's and, just silly that you can't use a sword. You you can figure out how to use an axe or a fist weapon or a mace, but put a blade on it. It's confusing. And and taking it a step further, like eliminating the class specific weapons thing nowadays, right? Um, would be beneficial for solving another complaint that a lot of players have had since personal loot was introduced as the primary loot system. There's a lot of guilds out there that run content. They get to a point where they can't trade uh, items to somebody either because one, let's say I'm a shaman and I don't have a main hand weapon, but a caster sword drops and all of our casters that can use it already have it. They can't give it to me. I can't use it. So it just gets sharded. And so then I sit there and I have to wait for something else to drop, either for myself or for somebody, and hope that they can trade it to me. Loosening that restriction sort of eases that curve a little bit. Just let people equip whatever the heck they want and call it good. Like yeah, at, it's just, just at this me, point, it doesn't so, make any sense anymore. Yeah, I, I this is one of those ones. I'm more about this than I am about the the rep thing. The rep thing, I don't really feel tremendously strongly about but I think it's probably for the best to change it. But with this, no, absolutely. If a rogue wants to use like, I mean, daggers, fist weapons, not, I would let rogues use two handed weapons. Yeah. Why not? I would. I, I, no problem with this. Um, war glaives. Yeah. Make of course. Wardens. Why couldn't rogues use war glaives? Why can't warriors? I actually have a set of war glaives on my warrior. They're the ones Illidan used to use. You're telling me I can equip those, but I can't equip any other war glaives? That's just silly. It's just, ah, it is. I get why they wanted war glaives to be a cool new thing for demon hunters. That was two expansions ago. Mm-hmm. They got to have their cool new thing. Now you have a piece of loot on a boss that only one class can use. You, just yeah. think about that. One class can use this. If it drops for a, if you've got a demon hunter in your group and he gets the warglaves, you know the warglave dropped from that boss again. Well, I've already got five of them, so oh, well, I guess I have six now. I have three pairs of these warglaves, and everybody else, everyone else who could use those weapons, the uh, the shamans, the rogues, everybody who wants a, a pair of agility weapons is just staring at them like, are you kidding me with this? No, let let them. Let let people use warglaves. Let people use whatever's out there. I, I don't see the the benefit at this point of this. So if you're saying that that should be changed, I'm absolutely with you. But um, not the other way. In terms of the fury, you can use two big swords instead of one like arms. Which one do you think he will choose? Um, both specs are fun, 
and quite frankly, I like I switch between them all the time. Uh, I I certainly think both Arms and Fury are a little underpowered right now, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I kind of got discouraged. But I don't think it's as simple as you know, oh, I get two big swords. There's a lot of people who don't want to do Fury. They just straight up don't want to do it. It's not their thing because Fury is very high risk reward um, compared to Arms. Arms has a lot more controlled sustainability. Uh, so, but I get what you're saying that transmog wise. Fury looks cooler. Yep. Uh, Fury also has single-minded Fury again, so the Fury can go with two big swords or two still pretty big, but not as big swords. Um, that's a different thing. Quite frankly, weapon design in World of Warcraft where one-handed weapons are often bigger than two-handed weapons? Yeah. yeah. That's weird, guys. Um, I'm just saying. But yeah, I, I would totally be down for making weapons just be something people can use. I mean, you're already going to have the restriction of, oh, well, this has agility on it, so I don't want it. Or, oh, this is a strength weapon, which isn't that good for me. Or, nope, uh, I, I need an int weapon, and this is, you know, obviously not an int weapon. That kind of stuff. But I think that's that's enough. That's enough of a restriction. Warriors are not going to want daggers, because they have agi on them. But they should still be able to use them in transmog. They should be able to transmog their swords to daggers, and they should absolutely be able to use them. I, I think everybody should be able to use pretty much everything. That's that's kind of what I'm going to say about that. Yeah, and I, and I think that I think it's a self-correcting problem if you just open it up. I really do. But all right, I think we should move on to the next one, unless anybody has anything else to add. Okay. Nope. Dia watches campaign spoilers ahead. At the end of the Venthyr and Necrolord campaigns, you confront Kel'Thuzad with the help of the spirit of Kel'Thas. Supporting Kel'Thas, Kel'Thuzad responds with my favorite smack talk in all of WoW. Why Prince Kel'Thas? Is that you? I never did properly thank you for the use of your son well. Ouch. I have two related questions for you. One, can we please have more snark from Kel'Thuzad in the upcoming raid before we misplace his flackerty yet again? Uh, two, what are your favorite instances of NPC smack talk in WoW? Thanks, Belek of Dragonflight. Uh, one, yes, please. I would. I like sassy Kel'Thuzad. Uh, let's get more of that, please, because I like when villains sort of trash talk a bit. Not in the you know, that, villainous uh, monologue, but... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Red. No, 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 it's okay. Uh, just uh, just wanted to add, like, uh, Hearthstone had this expansion a while ago, uh, Scholomance. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it was... Scholomess Academy, it was called, and Kel'Thuzad was like the the main guy there, the the main NPC, and uh, it, it's it's a whole other thing, a whole other discussion. But if you want to see things like fav uh, famous NPCs met talking others, Hearthstone is full of that, a lot more than Wall actually. Yeah, I, I definitely remember that, <laughs> but I, I want more of that. I think that's I I like those exchanges. If if anything. It feels like a cinematic experience when they do that because it feels like interplay between, you know, people on a screen in a movie setting. And I, I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, what about you, Matt? Do you have any opinion on that? Yes, I do. Um, one of my favorite NPCs in World of Warcraft history is Nefarian. Yeah. And one of the reasons I love Nefarian over the years is because Nefarian has never not talk trash like the first time you see Nefarian is when you go in to fight Veilstras 
and he's like, he's like, this this fool thought he could challenge me. Now he will serve my will by destroying you. Get up, little red worm. You know, it's like, and it's just like, wow, okay. And then when you actually get up to him, and he does his little speech about, you know, how you're insignificant. I just, I remember really liking it. He just, he's just such a jerk. Uh, and then when he comes back in Cataclysm, there's a fight where you're fighting Meloriac. And if you do it on, on Mythic, I think it was, it was heroic. I don't think it was Mythic yet. I think it was heroic. Uh, you do it on the hardest possible mode. And he actually congratulates you for defeating his stupid, incompetent minions. <laughs> and you get the title, Defeater of Stupid, Incompetent Minions. He actually bestows it upon you, and you can for the rest of the like until you log off, yep. you can walk around with that title over your head. Yep. Defeater of stupid incompetent minions. It's just such a I, I don't I can't really use the word. It's such a euphemism for male genitalia thing for him to do. And I just loved it. It's just he's such a jerk. Oh, it's the kind of thing that in real life would infuriate me. But in the game, it amuses me greatly. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm totally down for some smack talk. I, I, in fact, I think that's one of the things I was really unhappy about with Deathwing in Cataclysm is that Deathwing has practically no smack talk. Yeah, he's a kaiju at that point. He, he's lost the Nefarian Edge. But there's like one part when he does have it, when he sees Alex Straza, and he's like, Alex Straza, I, I've, you know, I've used your whelps. I've twisted them into my, you know, and he, it's like, okay, but this lacks the archness. It, it's the Kel'Thuzad quote is so arch. It's like, oh, I never did thank you for the use of your Sunwell. It's like, you know, it's an oh snap. It's like, you know, he's reminding him of the worst thing that ever happened to him. Uh, and if Deathwing did not have any of that, unfortunately. And I felt really bad about it. Quite frankly, I, I felt like he should have been much snarkier than he was. So yeah, I'm totally down for more snark. I don't think I can't think of like Arthas wasn't really snarky. He was more self interested. Like and he and he constantly kept giving pretty grandiose speeches when you saw him. Um in future side I wouldn't call that snark. Uh he was more like he was, you know, basically the professor from Futurama. Uh, so yeah, I'd like to see more of it, but I can't really think of any characters who do it better than Nefarian for me. I think Nefarian's one of the favorite ones. Yeah, I think I think a lot of the other ones are like um, random boss quotes. Like there are certain things that will happen, um, particularly like when your character dies or when a character dies during like encounters or things like that, that I think sort of fit into that. One that I that always stuck with me because. This fight, when it was current, was just a guild breaker, uh, pug breaker. People just for what until they fixed a bunch of it, people just had a hard time with it. It was Darumo the Forgotten, the Beholder fight in the middle of of the Throne of Thunder. Oh yeah, that fight. Yeah. When you died to the maze, he literally sits there and says, "Looks like you couldn't keep up." Pity. And I think that is hysterical. Like, little moments like that. The, the game's filled with them. Uh, Instructor Resuvius has done that in the past. Um, I believe, uh, I mean, Arthas does have a really good quote. Uh, I think it was him that said there and said, Here I stand, a lion before the lambs. Uh, and they do not fear, they cannot fear. Like, there's just, like, these epic moments. I wouldn't really classify that as, as sass, but it's definitely epic. Um 
There's oh, just you know, ooh, you just reminded me of some. You reminded me of somebody, and then I forgot it as soon as because you were doing the Arthas thing. It's not Arthas, but it's oh, it's when you're doing the Death Knight starting zone, and you go talk to um, I, I can't remember who it is you talk to, but he says, "Oh, where is he in his his slime and crap filled dance studio?" Yeah, that one, <laughs> and not not the plague bringer. He talks okay. about Hygen. Yeah. 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 Noth, Noth smack talks on Hygen. I always like that. I like it when they smack talk each other. Yep. You know, that's that's fun too for me. So yeah, I, I think I'm down for that. Yeah, but there, there's some. Really... There's also Bon Sandy, right? I don't know if he's called like... Bon Sandy necessarily smack talking, but he definitely has an edge. I, I honestly, I don't play Horde anymore, and I still found Bon Sandy to be one of the more interesting characters they introduced. When you die. Uh, on yeah. any of the Zandalari places, and there he is. He's like, oh, <laughs> looks like you didn't do as well as you thought. And it's like, you want to make a deal? And it's like, oh, God, this guy. Yeah, no, it's uh, he is pretty fun. Yeah, and he even had a, a different code for each class, I think. Like, uh, if you were a mage, he would say something about, oh, you, you could a nice block or something like that. Yeah, he would... He would call it out like I think shamans. He says, "I'm like, oh, you forgot your onk at home or something like that." Like he had a little little quip for every class. That was that was great. And that kind of reminds me back to Nefarian again because during the Nefarian fight, he did what he, they called the class calls. Yep. And they've actually updated him with every new class they've brought into the game, even though, you know, nobody runs Blackwing Lair anymore seriously. They have updated him with new class calls for every class. They, they gave him Death Knight class calls. They gave him Monk class calls. I think he probably has a Demon Hunter one, although I don't know what it is. He does. He, he makes your screen go dark. Yeah. You're blind. But I, I just think he would always say something before he did it. Warriors, you can hit harder than that, and he'd force you into Berserker Stance. I don't know what he does now, because we don't have Berserker Stance anymore. Um, but yeah, that was... I loved that that he would he would literally call you out and then he would do that to you, like oh, but it it really stunk to be a, a hunter on that guy because he broke your bow. Yeah, you had a you had to have a macro specifically to uh, have a junk bow. Like you literally had a vendor bow, a gray bow, just so that you could feign death swap when the class call went. So he would break that bow, so then you could equip the other bow uh, or your regular bow back and then you just have like a bag full of them. Yeah. But I think I don't know that's, if there's anything else it. you want to add to it. I think we're, we're right up on time too unless you want yeah, to. Yeah, I think we're pretty much done uh, unfortunately because there is a really cool uh, last email it's really long and thought out uh, Crazy Cat Lady, you sent it in. I'm really sorry that we didn't get to it We'll uh, get to it. it. Uh, we might do it on Lore Watch. Because it is, it's a pretty, pretty lore watchy thing. Quite frankly, it didn't say lore watch in the email, but you know, maybe we'll get to it there. You know how Matt and I tussle. It's fine. Yes, uh, uh, I've got the I've got the pit ready, and and you bring the Jello, right? That's exactly how this works. Uh, but Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Uh, thank you, Joe. Uh, I also want to thank Red, uh, Phil, for coming out. Thank you so much for being on the show because it allowed me to yeah. drink things. I was really, really thankful for that. I, I get thirsty. 
So thank you. Um, hope you enjoyed me. it. Yeah, I was really nervous, but it was fun. Cool. Uh, maybe we'll drag you back here at some point when we want to talk more about Hearthstone. Uh, or just All right. just, just to haunt you. Um, but yeah, that's that's been the show. Uh, again, guys, if you have questions for the show, you can send them to podcast at blizzardwatch.com, the subject line podcast or blizzardwatch, so we know it's for the show. Or again, Joe and I have to get into the jello pit. Um, or you can go to our Discord. We've got the patron Q and podcast questions channel and the Q questions channel, both of which we look at for questions in the show as well. Uh, thanks again for being here with us live. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. And uh, at least two of us will be back next week. Guess which two? Thunderdome. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.